Welcome to Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons. Q is about conversation. If we're really concerned about ending poverty, we've got to be more concerned about creating justice. Our cultural products as Christians need to both defy and resonate with the culture. And God's doing amazing things. His church is expanding. His church is growing. It's not what's the purpose of my life. It's what is the purpose that's been assigned. Stay curious. Think well. Advance good. This is Q. People who have Down syndrome are always learning new things. And most important, I have learned that Chris is always white. That was Austin Davenport. He spoke along with his wife, Christy, at this past spring's Q conference. We'll hear more from them later in the show. As you heard, Austin has Down syndrome, as does his wife, Christy. But with the help and support of their families, they are living full lives as a husband and wife. I'm Paul Perot from Faith Radio. Thanks for listening to Q Ideas this weekend. This week, we're focusing on the topic of human dignity not just supporting it with our words, but with our actions. Gabe, one area many churches are becoming active in is the area of adoption and foster care, especially kids who may have special needs. A few years ago at the Q Conference, you talked with a couple who are part of an organization leading the charge in several states. Tell us about them. Brian and Julie Mavis, who God has called both into this space in different ways, but who together are working to advance a significant movement in American life and in the church as well as in government to start to see those who are part of the foster care system start to find families. And so as they advocate, they really represent so many other organizations as well and people and churches and pastors and Christians who have gotten on board in the last decade in a significant way with what God's doing to reawaken the church to adoption and foster care. And so I can't wait for you to hear their story and to hear how they did it, to hear what significant results they've already seen from following what God put in front of them to do. And I hope it inspires you. So let's listen into this conversation with Brian and Julie Mavis. Julie, how did you first get into this whole idea of foster care? How did this encounter you? Well, we were foster parents for five years. And um, during that time, one of the little babies that we had, he was addicted to drugs. And we brought him home from the hospital and had him for nine months. And during that time, um, the caseworker called and said, uh, I need to come over. I need to talk. Something has happened with this case. And so I said, come on over. And she shared that something had gone wrong and he wasn't going to be going back to his birth parents, but he was going to go up for adoption and wanted to know if we would adopt. And I was interested, but at the same time, I just had questions and just said, what would happen if I said, no, what happens to this little guy? And she said, there's a whole line just waiting for the babies. I just wish there was a line waiting for all the other kids. Mm. I was like, well, what other kids? She said, in Colorado alone, there's over 800 kids available for adoption 
and nobody knows about these kids and nobody picks them. And it was just, it was just an injustice. It was unacceptable. And I just kept thinking, well, somebody needs to do something about this. And then really felt called to try to do something about it. So what we ended up doing is since these kids were forgotten and nobody knew about them, um, we decided to photograph the kids and videotape them and use um, professional photographers and videographers to give them a face and a voice to connect them with families. And we mainly worked in churches and combining the visual arts and the churches was amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, we actually have one example. Here's a picture of a couple of girls, um, Lily and Samaya. So they've been in foster care for three years, uh, legal orphans, waiting to be adopted, and uh, no one knew about them. And within a month of getting their picture taken and shown in a church, uh, they were uh, chosen and been adopted now for several years by their forever family. That's just one example of this happening hundreds of times. So tell us about the story, Brian, with America's Kids Belong, where something that's been happening in Colorado is now starting to spread to other states and you've kind of added to not just a grassroots model, but you've gotten strategic about how you're doing it. Would you first just kind of update us on the Colorado story? Where's that at right now? So when we started, uh, as Julie said, there was over 800 kids in Colorado uh, who were legally free to be adopted. We're down to 280 now. And that was amazing. That was a church movement. Yeah. Yeah. So the church is a hero in that for sure. Uh, But about a year and a half ago, uh, we out of Chicago had uh, some business, a business team uh, reach out to us, led by Joe Ritchie, Tim Shirk, and Laura Doherty. And uh, they had done some research, and they really encouraged us to say, why don't you take this to other places, and we're going to be a part of your team, and we'll help be that leg on the stool that helps business. But they said, you know, we really still need not just grassroots and business. We need a grass tops approach to a political advocate. And I said, actually, I know uh, the right person. I was an acquaintance with uh, Janet Kelly and her husband, Ryan, who were, uh, Janet was Secretary of State of Virginia. And a few years ago, she was attending her church, and that church had talked about there being over a 1,000 kids who were legally free in Virginia who needed adopting. Uh, it was news to her. She went back to her, her governor, her boss, the next day and said, did you know there's a 1,000 kids who need adopting in Virginia? And he was like, no, I had no idea. And she was like, yeah. You're their dad. And so, <laughs> and, and he's like, well, take care of it. So they did a, a, a campaign called Virginia Adopts. And in the last year of their administration, they matched over 1,000 kids to their adoptive families, which was a 50% increase over the year before. And so we just married all these approaches together uh, for the first-of-its-kind approach that we do these multi-sector, multi-year campaigns. So now when people ask me, so what do you do? You know, when I'm sitting on a plane and someone asks, I just resigned from being a pastor a couple weeks ago, so that helps. And then uh, I said, but I said, I train elephants, and our team trains elephants. And what I mean by that is there an, there's an African proverb that says, when two elephants fight, it's the grass that suffers. And so there's the elephant of the government and the elephant of the church. They have been fighting, and it's the kids who are suffering for it. There's the elephant of government, I mean, elephant of business Mm -hmm. and elephant of creative. 
And we train them all to come and work together for the sake of the kids. And that's awesome. uh, and that's our story. Well, and Julie, you've just been amazing at overcoming a lot of the misconceptions people have about foster care. Could you clear up just what are some of the top ones you found? Because I've heard, not just from Brian, but from others, you're the top recruiter of parents for foster care. So if you're listening right now, you better get ready um, because this girl knows how to do it. And tell us... What, what do we not understand about it? Yeah. Um, one of the biggest one is that adoption through foster care is really expensive. And most people have in their head international costs, which is anywhere from 20000 to 50000 But if you're adopting through the foster system, it's virtually free. So that's one of the biggies. Um, the second one is, oh, my gosh, kids in foster care, they're naughty. They did something. But it's actually what's been done to them, what happened to their parents. The parents are either in jail or they abandon the kids or abuse the kids. So it's nothing that the kids did. So, and I think the third one for sure is if you want to care for orphans, you need to go to another country and work on an orphanage. And which I did for years actually and loved it. But during that time, meeting a lot of the kids and talking to directors, um, at the orphanage, asking questions of why these kids were in care and what happened to their parents. How did all the parents die? And they were saying, they're not dead. They're actually, a lot of the parents are just in jail or they've abandoned the kids or in prison. And the connection is definitely just in other countries, we call it orphanages. And in the United States, we call it the foster care system. Hmm. How many of you in this room would raise your hand that you, at some point in your adult history, you've either fostered or been an adoptive family? Would you just raise your hand? Look around the room. Wow. It's just beautiful. Thank you. Um, I think, Brian, this is one of those areas. We talk about a lot of cultural issues and current issues and the church constantly, you know, getting things wrong. This is one of those areas where there's incredible opportunity for the church in our society to make steps forward and to show people what God's love looks like when it really shows up. And I know that's your heart. That's why you're leading America's Kids Belong. It never existed. I mean, nothing like this has ever been created. I know there's churches in here. I know some of the pastors who've created these kind of movements in their churches and and it's flourishing. I want them to meet you, number one. So please find them today to have a conversation. But could you just tell us a little bit about how could people get involved? What's the strategy look like right now for how you're trying to approach this? Yeah, you know, actually, I think... Where I would encourage you is just to start with your heart and uh, believe a few things. First of all, just believe that this is unacceptable, uh, that there are kids who uh, feel like nobody wants them. There's 400,000 of those kids in the United States that they feel like they don't belong, they're not loved. And so it's, uh, and believe it, the outcomes are horrible too for kids who don't get uh, connected to a family. It's a gateway to sex trafficking, homelessness, addiction, crisis pregnancy. And so believe this is unacceptable. Uh, We're trying to pray and do and work that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There are no orphans in heaven. So we work towards that. Second, believe that this is solvable. Uh, This is a huge problem. Uh, the church is even bigger, though. And so, for example, we're uh, doing this full campaign in Oklahoma, and they're uh, already, we've been there five months, they've already increased recruitment 90% statewide. I also want to give a shout out to Church of the City in Tennessee. Uh, they have 23 families in their entire county who are foster families. And last week, they started this and they preached about this. 
in the first 48 hours, they had over 200 people sign up saying they want to learn more about being foster families. Yeah. Yeah. And then lastly, uh, that uh, this, this is an expression of the pure gospel, that this isn't just a social movement. This is, this is a way to express reconciliation, helping kids get into their families. Mm-hmm. It's a way to adopt kids and express the, uh, us being adopted by God. And lastly, it's a, it requires a step of faith. This, this requires risk to have a kid and come to your family. But it, and no matter how fearful that sounds, imagine how scary it is to be a kid who's taken from their family, is getting pushed around to other families. These kids have taken too many risks now. It's time for the grown-ups to step up and take the risk so the kids don't have to anymore. I love it. Let's give them a hand for their faithful work. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, brother. pretty fun to just listen to Brian and Julie as a team work on such a, a big cause, something that feels so large, and you can actually see through their story how one by one, children are starting to find families, and more and more states are getting involved. And so if you're interested in getting involved with them, go to americaskidsbelong.org so that you can see more about if they're working in your state yet, and if they're not, how you could actually maybe be the advocate that helps bring them to your state and get them involved with the churches in your area. It's significant work. It's important work. This is the kind of work that really not only changes culture long-term, but it really changes people's lives and transforms their experience. It's one of the greatest demonstrations of Christian love and of really showing the world how much our faith leads us to do things that help people that aren't just about necessarily an opinion or a political belief or something like that, but it's actually making a radical difference in people's lives by sacrificing and stepping forward and saying, We want to be a part of what God wants to do in this child's life. Gabe, I was just looking at the America's Kids Belong website, and they are active in several states, including Kansas, Tennessee, South Dakota, and hopefully soon in Iowa. So again, the website is americaskidsbelong.org. This is Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons. I'm Paul Perot, and this week we're looking at ways to support human dignity. And since we have time, Gabe, let's listen to a delightful talk from this past spring's Q conference. This is rated one of our top talks this past spring at Q. It was one of those ideas that a year ago just came to me, and, and I didn't know how we were going to pull it off. I wasn't quite sure what the response would be, but I just knew that we needed to have a talk that gave everybody at Q just a little bit of a different perspective, a perspective shift, where we could see the world through the lens of people who don't always maybe think the way we think or look at the world in the same way. We're often trying to do that through diversity of background and experience, but at this year's event, We wanted to do it through that lens of somebody that maybe was differently abled, who maybe didn't have the exact same experience physically or mentally that maybe a lot of people do, but that could help us in how we think well about things. Enter Austin and Christy Davenport, two individuals, both diagnosed with Down syndrome at birth, who have lived their life in amazing ways. They're both incredible advocates for children with Down syndrome, for adults with Down syndrome, for those yet to be alive that will have Down syndrome. And in the course of their life, they met, they got married, and I want you to hear the story of the last 10 years of their marriage and what they've learned about the true essence of love. Listen closely over these nine minutes. If you just listen close enough, I think you're going to hear some incredible insights, the simplicity of truth and how it can come from multiple different people 
and where we have complete alignment, but they might say it in just a different way. And you might be challenged. I think you will be. But you're also going to see why at the end of this talk, they received a rousing standing ovation. Now, if you want to watch this talk, which I would encourage you to do because you can listen to it, but it's another thing to watch it. I know we sat around with our family where we have two children in our family with Down syndrome, and we watched it, and my kids were in tears listening to this story. It's an amazing story of hope, and you can do that at Q Media. And so you go to qideas.org, and there you can see clips from this talk. But if you want to watch the full talk, you want to share it, you want to sit around with some others and have a conversation about how do we think well about love and marriage, subscribe to Q Media. Let's listen in now. How you doing today? People always ask Amy, how is me alive? We're all here to tell you all the time, it's great. <laughs> I lived by myself for 10 years in my own duplex. I went to work every day, all day, but I came home to empty house. I fixed my deal alone, watch TV alone. Watch TV alone. I walked to church on Sundays alone. Then I did it all again next week. Got really old. Then Chrissy came along. We met each other at the National Down Syndrome Congress Convention in Minneapolis in 2004. Austin was in my hip hop bookshop. That's where our eyes lit up and we first fell in love. After the conference, we talked on the phone all the time. And then we traveled to visit each other because I lived in California and Austin lived far away in Texas. We spent years getting to know each other well. We had to convince our parents that we really wanted to be together forever. Finally, our parents could see how much we love each other and decided to help us figure out how the marriage happened. It took a lot of planning, and I don't mean planning for the wedding. I mean planning to get ready for being married. We planned to have our marriage that's forever. <laughs> now, we are together. The way that blessing out our faith. God important in our marriage. We reach to grow up in different churches. So, we go to both churches each Sunday. Yes, we spend a lot of time churches on Sunday. We also had to decide where we would live, where we would walk, who would help us, how we would pay our bills, and all sorts of other stuff. That's a lot to think about. We needed our parents to help us to make these plans, and they helped us a lot. And our parents still pray for us a lot. People who have Down syndrome are always being learning new 
things. I have learned since we were married that I must pay my bills on time. <laughs> One time, I came home and the power was turned off. No lights. I knew that stack of mail on my desk was important. I just didn't know how. <laughs> important. And most important, I have learned that Chris is always white. <laughs> Cooking is not always easy. One time, I almost blew up our kitchen <laughs> when I overfilled the coffee pot and water flowed down inside the oven that was cooking our dinner. Lots of flames. It happened again, twice. <laughs> because I reset the circuit breaker and that pretty much destroyed the oven. But I mean that was okay. <laughs> yes, I have learned a lot since becoming a homemaker. Bleach in the washing machine was not good for Austin's black sock. And when you put the wrong soap in the dishwasher, my goodness, it makes a lot of bubbles, but the floor got very clean. Sometimes marriage can be hard, even about little things like what to eat in a restaurant or each movie to see. Sometimes Christy and I don't agree right away. We have learned to give, take, for example, we both love go to the movies. A few months ago, we didn't agree on which movie to, win, to go see. I wanted to see Awkward Man. Christy watched to see Mary Poppins Returns. We I'm sorry. <laughs> we talked about it, and finally Christy agreed to see Aquaman. Next time, we saw Mary Palmer's returns. When you live with someone, you also have to share the work. We are still learning to compromise, not to be selfish to be patient with each other, to forgive each other. We've been married for nine years, for almost 10. We are blessed to have found each other at that convention. We are blessed with happy lives but a few years ago, the American College of OBGYNs has decided that every pregnant mother should have a test 
to see if her unborn baby has Down syndrome like us. Almost all mothers who have learned that their baby has Down syndrome, they don't give that baby a chance. They think we are a tragedy that they don't want to face. We need to hear about that. This is what I want you to remember about us. We may not be as smart as some people, but being smart is, isn't always what makes people happy. Loving and being love is what makes people happy. smart enough to vow before God to be husband and wife forever. Well, I know you probably want to stand up and clap right now too, right? I mean, that's what happened in the room uh, as they finished this talk. Christy started to walk off the stage and, and she came back to the microphone and said, and for our 10th anniversary, we're going to go to the Backstreet Boys concert. She's a huge Backstreet Boys fan. And so, so exciting this fall because of some of the connections that were able to happen through Q and through some of the people participating, been able to secure them backstage passes. They're going to have great seats. They're going to have an incredible night enjoying that and celebrating a beautiful 10 years of marriage. Well, I hope you enjoyed this. And as we continue on, with our episodes this summer, I want you to be aware that Q Media is the place where you can hear these talks, listen to them. You can also get access to courses. We have current issue playlists. We have Q Notes, which are these two-pagers that give you the theology, philosophy, and scripture behind how to think well about current issues. We're trying to be a key source for you as a leader, a Christian who's on the front lines trying to live your life faithfully but constantly contend for our faith in a culture that many times isn't for it and doesn't understand it. And so let's not stand in the way of them understanding it. Let's be those who know how to think well, lead well, communicate well, and communicate ideas and ways of thinking about the world that actually bring life to people, that bring truth to the situation, because we know that God's truth is what truly brings life. It's what brings abundance. It's what actually helps human beings flourish. And so we want to be your partner as you try to lead out through this podcast, through Q Media, and just support you as a leader in the culture. So I hope you have a wonderful week and look forward to the next episode. This show is made possible in partnership with Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Thank you for listening to the Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make your gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. To avoid missing future editions of Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons, subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or on your podcast player. And thank you for sharing this audio link with a friend and growing the impact of Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons.